All right, and welcome to Shades of Green, Chicago, uh, our uh, you, our fourth episode of yeah. our podcast. In um, the most recent episode, I miss I incorrectly uh, counted it as the second because there's the missing, you know, the the soon to be famous missing episode of reflecting on diversity. You know, my name's Bryant Williams. I'm the uh, Conan. I'm the um, Andy Richter to uh, Juanita Garcia's Conan <laughs> O'Brien. The, the, the sidekick kind of helping guide the ship a little, from time. A little yeah. red to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah the gingers. You know, yeah, the, the, the freckles, the ginger. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Juanita Garcia, and I'm very excited to welcome our guest, uh, Viva Yoboa, um, to talk a little bit about um, her experience yeah. in um, environmental organizations and the path to uh, to to uh, uh, where she is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm with. Without further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm Viva Yaboa. Um, <laughs> what did you say? I didn't say anything. Oh, was <laughs> Speak your mind. Speak your mind. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm with Outdoor Afro in Chicago, Reading Africa. Um what else should I say? So how, you know, like how did you wind up with outdoor afro? I mean, oh, we're so yeah. flowing right into that now. Yeah, we're just going. Oh, nice. Kicking around and stuff um, like that. So okay. hold on a second. Like, where are you from? Where, where are you that, from? That's what I'm wondering. How <laughs> deep do you want me to go? go. Um. So. Oh, so you want a little bit more yeah, backstory? Like, um. Yeah. Well, I noticed a little bit of southern twang. Oh my goodness. Where are you from? Yeah. Um, I grew up in Georgia, in Atlanta, and also Stone Mountain, which is a suburb of Georgia. <laughs> Um, first generation. Both of my parents are from Ghana, West Africa. Oh. Yeah. I'm the firstborn. How deep is three of us <laughs> as siblings? Um, that's, that's yeah. Good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> is it, do you have a... Is it sisters? And- yeah, I have one sister. She's two years younger than me. Then I have a brother um, that's seven years younger than me. Yeah. So how'd you wind up in Chicago? Uh, grad school. Good. I came for uh, the accounting program at DePaul. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and decided to stick around. You? <laughs> you know, it's not bad. I did it for a couple of years, <laughs> uh, internal audit, and um, decided to take a little break. Yeah. It was, I needed a break from corporate, um, but slowly returning it to it, doing taxes and also a little bit of nonprofit management. So, Ooh. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Cool. That's a great skill set to have. Yeah. So, how'd yeah. you wind up at, um, how'd you wind up at, um, Outdoor Afro then? Like, it was... That the nonprofit man like you did you go into nonprofit management and then you started doing that work? Or? Well, no, outdoor Afro came about when um, when did I join two thousand and twelve? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have found it through another organization called Girl Trek, mm-hmm. um, and we had went on a retreat to Arizona and I came back. I was like, I was looking for something, you know, just other ways to stay engaged. Um, and I found out about Outdoor Afro, and they were looking for leaders, um, people that wanted to lead in their community at that time. And it was the first year of her doing it, so it was kind of like the test group. Um, and I volunteered to do it. Yeah, it was just a time I was looking for, I guess, different ways to satisfy the things that I found important um, to me. And especially being in corporate for a long time yeah. and being in that, that environment it was kind of draining, so... Can you you talk a little bit about the mission of Outdoor We keep it pretty simple. It's black folks in nature. We celebrate our relationship with nature. We also um, celebrate our leadership in nature, which I think a lot of times uh, isn't highlighted enough. So um, that's our mission, yeah, to get us out of nature and to support each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
can you talk a little bit about your relationship with nature growing oh, wow. up? Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, we weren't the family to go camping or any of that type of stuff. Um, I did have like the overnight field trips with my school um, when I was in the forage club. Um, but my mom really? did. Yeah, I did forage club. I in was Atlanta? a patrol. Yeah. You <laughs> really usually think of forage in much smaller communities. No. Much we did it. I was pretty. I was active with that. I was also like a um, patro- is it patrolling that we went to DC. Like we used to have our yearly <laughs> trips to DC. Um, oh, sorry. Um, so my mom introduced me to like we just had like our walks in the neighborhoods, or I would play in my neighborhood um, if there was like any summer program I did. So I felt like that was like my introduction to it. Um, and then I feel like I got back into it moving to Chicago um because even in Atlanta we probably go to Stone Mountain Park but it wasn't like as frequent but Chicago kind of puts you in that place to do it just being by um Lake Michigan mm-hmm. and it's a lot I feel like there's a lot more activities going on during the summertime that it gets you really engaged mm-hmm. with it so mm-hmm. that's how that's how I slowly got introduced to it and started mm-hmm. to really appreciate it what's an example of a outdoor activity that you would um, lead with the outdoor Afro group? Um, let's see. We do so many stuff. Um, usually we have hikes. Um, if we'll go to Swallow Cliff, uh, or even out to the dunes. So, or we would do kayaking events. So we do a variety of, um, um, outdoor recreational activities, camping, um, nature walks. I think one thing that's important to us at our events um, is to open with a circle, mm-hmm. like an opening circle for everybody to introduce themselves, discuss like what's their favorite outdoor activity. Um, and it also kind of like centers everybody to be very aware like this is like the intention of outdoor Afros to get us outside and also appreciate and develop relationships with each other. Um, so I think it, it centers us. So that's one of our signature dream, signature things is to have like the opening and closing circle. Um, and so how how do you recruit participants? Like where are they coming from that you get them together and what this group looks like? Um, so we're on Meetup and Facebook. Uh, we have groups on there. Um, and then just through also word of mouth, it really started like as an online social community. Um, so it was a space and it was started by, um, Rue Map in Oakland, California. Yeah, she is the founder of Outdoor Afro. So she founded it in, um, 2009 in Oakland. Um, and then the leadership team came about in 2012. Um, and her main thing, you know, when it originally got started, it was very much like a social Mm -hmm. network type of thing. So engaging with, you know, other folks, um, on our relationship with nature. And, you know, people would come in and just discuss, oh, this week in activity. They would share their photos. And then we just expanded to having, like, the leadership team and starting networks in other cities. So, so yeah. So how many cities are you in now? Um, we're in close to 30 cities. Um, and then we have 62 leaders right now. So this is actually our largest uh leadership team yeah yeah we just came back from yosemite so we had our training there yeah yeah didn't you do um a hike a mountain hike oh mount mount whitney are you talking about or i think it was was last year we hiked mount whitney yeah yeah that was like really amazing yeah yeah we um 
I was the lead organizer for it. It was. Okay, look at you, like. You know, <laughs> I don't. You know, Ryan. I gotta get. To, I gotta be like you. You know, I try and downplay stuff, but like. You gotta be more like. I know. Mike. I try. Mike's good at it. Every time you do, I'm like, dang, that's how I want to be. This is like, like Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I led that crew up the mountain. I did that. That's how you be. I did that. In a couple situations, I heard that you actually carried them. No, yeah, so that was our biggest, that was our first backpacking trip. Um, And let's see, so it was two, was it? It was six of us, I want to say. Oh, maybe eight. It was six of us, I believe. on that trip, and it was uh, Mount Whitney, and actually the first trail up Mount Whitney was um, created by the Buffalo Soldiers. So that's something that we like to, you know, discuss is, like, actually our work in nature. Yeah, because it's never brought up. You don't see it on pamphlets, and, I mean, they were the first stewards for the parks out there. And Yeah, yeah, seriously. And you, yeah, yeah. I mean, the work they did, and, I mean, you think about Mount Whitney is the highest, um, Summit in the U.S. Right, constant um, lower forty-eight states. Okay. Yeah, and then you have Denali, which is out in um, Alaska. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely tough training for it, um, but it was it was worth it. And I think it's something you know, just something important for us to have to connect leaders and also as members involved too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is really amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's just it. I mean, we're just not aware of our own history or yeah. shared history. Yeah. You know, and it isn't specific to a group. It's our shared American history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. So, yeah, going back to disabling, we yeah. need to claim yeah. that, that history. I didn't know either. I mean, yeah. the, the Buffalo Soldiers are stewards of that, of Mount, of Mount, uh, Mount Rainier or Mount Whitney? Whitney, um, the Sequoia area, Sequoia National Park. Um, and it's so funny because nowadays, I mean, like, we're struggling to get people of color yeah. into the national parks and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. So. And that's probably one of the reasons, like, we don't feel yeah. connected. It's never, one, is never really marketed towards us, which, I mean, I know that's what they're changing is marketing, but you don't see that image of yourself. And you also don't know the history. Like, the history is not widely shared, so you don't feel that connection. I mean, it's very beautiful, but if you don't feel connected or you don't feel welcomed, um, you're not going to go. Yeah. So... Yeah. What are some of the other any other environmental organizations that you're involved with in the Chicago area aside from Outdoor Afro, or is it you know like what's some of the other stuff that you're other involved? environmental or other yeah. groups in general? Well, I'm part of EOC. Well, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. but I, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that too, of course. But I mean, I know you're involved with you know like I've I've seen you around Tony Anderson and. Oh, I love Sacred Keepers. Yeah, I love Sacred Keepers. I love um, Wild Indigo. I've done um, some partnership with Wild Indigo before. Um, Sacred Keepers, we're working on a couple activities together. Yeah, Yeah, this year. Yeah. One thing about like Wild Indigo and you know, like you know, my um, how I keep pointing out Dusable. They celebrate their anniversary on Dusable's birthday. Do they? Yeah, Jenny. Jenny Johnson being one of their um, lead, one of the leaders of that team over there, which you know we'll have to get her on sometimes. Yeah, um, Troy Parker. I love, what I think would be awesome is um, Jenny and uh, Nambi together. You know, because uh, <laughs> we always see them together. You know, mm-hmm. They're such a great team. They are. You know? I love them both. Yeah. They really do some good work. So cool. What's some? Do you, have you led any um, hikes or any outdoor activities with Wild Indigo? Um, we have. We had a family hike. Um, 
at Swallow Cliff. And we did, I think for the group, we did six miles um, with, you know, parents and kids, um, both from the Outdoor Afro Network and then from Wild Indigo Network. It was, I mean, it was really good, good and fun experience. Um, I also supported them when they had their uh, Urban Women Outdoor Series last year. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I helped yeah. out with some workshops. Just um, for women, huh? Way to be inclusive. We have to. <laughs> we gotta. We have to, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> I said, say no more. Say no more. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, we've partnered on a couple things. So. so you mentioned the EOC. So why is why is the EOC important to you? Like what you know? I feel like it's a. Um, so EOC is. Have you got? Okay, yeah, talk. They, they, it's always a new listener, so tell them. Oh, okay. So EOC is Environmentalists of Color. Um, it's Chicago Network, uh, and I mean for me, I think it's important because it's uh, like a safe space. I'll say it's a way for people in the environment to feel, and I think that term can be used pretty broadly. It's not mm-hmm. narrowly defined. Um, so I mean, I remember us having like fashion designers. Um, coming to me is like just be you know it's just whoever yeah. cares about the environment is really active um, in making a change to improve the environment. But no, I've been involved with it since essentially since its inception. I think yeah, we met at the very first meeting and oh wow, yeah, yeah. It's a strange relationship ever since. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, but I I mean I love it because my background is accounting. So I feel like it's a very important network that embraces people with, um, you know, different backgrounds, but that care about um, the environment. So, yeah, I feel, you know, welcome in the group. Other mm-hmm. with, you know, Brian doesn't welcome me probably, but, you know, everybody else does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the diversity of the impact of, you know, the membership. And yeah. really yes. managed to, yeah. to really reach pretty broadly and make an impact on the environment from a lot of different yeah i think it's a support group too because Mm -hmm. i mean i think a lot of times you know folks might feel like they're the only ones Mm -hmm. um so having that space to feel supported so you won't leave because i think a lot of times we might lose people that way if they don't feel supported so yeah yeah Yeah. no i agree entirely i mean i you know i think back like you know really earlier on in my career when I, you know, when I was working in environmental consulting and everywhere I went, I was like the only mm-hmm. black dude there. You know, sometimes there'd be like another black person and she would be answering phones and mm-hmm. making copies and stuff. So, you know, um, there were a lot of times where I was like, man, I should look into a different field or, you know, yeah. EOC is a place where I found a lot of other people with similar, you know, similar skill sets and similar experiences, you know, yeah. you know like I'm sure Juanita, you've said the same in the past, right? Yeah, you know, having come from that contractor background in construction. Um, oh, know, really? Was, yeah, so that's my background, and, and it's not, it's definitely not, not straight environmentalism, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, having seen that path of environmental design and lead um, really having a huge impact on how processes are different and, and how much sustainability has had an impact on on design and construction and you know in, in my experience you know it's routinely the only woman mm-hmm. or, and person of color in the room and it um you know just kind of having the double strikes against me for <laughs> yeah for you know not really at all fitting in with the with the rest of the the teams I worked with um and 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 that isn't to say that we didn't have I didn't have allies and I didn't have great 
people that mm-hmm. I worked with, but it just, you know, it's the, a different perspective that I've brought to the table and, and why I feel so strongly about having an impact and seeing more diversity. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know yeah. it's it's important, you know, just to see how, when we see these this amazing uh, research that we see over and over again about how diversity of teams mm-hmm. makes such a huge impact on creativity and yeah. and innovation and yeah. success. This is why it's so important that we reflect on diversity. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that takes me, I mean, back to like Outdoor Afro and us having the leadership team and you hear a lot of folks that would discuss sometimes feeling like they're, on, they're only one outdoors yeah. in certain spaces. So having... Outdoor Afro as that for the leadership team as that support and then for you know folks that follow us on Facebook members you know all of that them seeing images of themselves yeah or of other black folks in nature I think it's you know very important and seeing you know if we want to dress a certain way and engage in the outdoors then that's how we do it I mean I have my head wrap on in Yosemite <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. but I mean you know those type of things like you just want to also feel comfortable in the outdoors so yeah yeah, yeah you know it's funny like even my mom's you know in her 60s and hearing her even now like just this not feeling comfortable in 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 public parks or mm-hmm. in, in um park district parks or forest preserves mm-hmm. because she remembers as a as a kid or as a in high school, you know, going with a group of kids and how you know they were beaten, you know, mm-hmm. and how it just you know and it was an an, an interracial group of kids, bunch of kids, you know, and it yeah. just and it was it was is that legacy of yeah. that, you know, and yeah. you don't you hold on to that and it gets passed down to mm-hmm. you know to your children and you don't feel like those very public spaces are your own too exactly you know so, so the lack of like ownership in yeah. public spaces like we just don't feel comfortable in being yeah. with us yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that is so true so were you at the um EOC CCT I mean on the table event the other day oh yes I was Please, don't sound so yeah. But you about it because you were the only one in this group that was. There. Oh my gosh, <laughs> really? Um, so I mean, we. So it was partnered with EOC, um, Field Museum, <laughs> and Faith in Place. Um, yeah, because oh, yeah, Lorena from Faith in Place helped. Yeah, and Miss Veronica. Oh, was Veronica there? Yeah, Miss cool. Veronica was there. Um, so. We discussed diversity in the, I guess... Envi- <laughs> Reflected on it. <laughs> well, I guess it'll be more so in the environment field. Um, and we broke out into smaller groups. And we just, you know, we dis- we hit on certain topics. And each group had to come back with um, two important takeaways um, for it. And I think one thing that we had discussed previously is being allies to each other, like, being more supportive within, like, us as people of color, um, supporting each other. Yeah, I know that was the major, one of the major one is being supportive. Um, and people also, those that identi- identify themselves as allies, um, understanding their place within supporting organizations like Outdoor Afro or EOC. Um, Who's there that didn't... Con- I mean, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask that question. Like, what? I don't want you to point anyone <laughs> yeah. out. Like, Tell me off the air. <laughs> I almost asked who's, you know, 
who was there that doesn't consider themselves allies. But I mean, like I saw the photo of the folks that were in attendance and, you know, every face that I recognize. I mean, like they seem to be pretty supportive of this thing. Yeah, yeah. But they could be individually. I think that's what was important at our table is from an individual perspective. So you're not necessarily representing your Mm -hmm. organization. Right. Um, Right. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think, um, you know, again, I'm not going to name names of organizations, but like, you know, even some of the organizations that were there that were represented, I think they are allies or they, mm-hmm. excuse me, or are working towards being yeah, allies. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I will point out one, like the Nature Conservancy, I saw like they were represented and they seemed to be working in that, but, oh, you know, I think, I think they seem to be working in that direction. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So were they all EOC members, regular EOC members, um, or were they people invited from outside? And new the members membership? too. There, there were, were new folks, folks because be since there. we collaborated with Field and with um, Faith in Place, mm-hmm. um, you had a lot of new faces, which I think yeah. was oh, really good. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, like you know, like I said before, I think it's important how do we fi- define environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think has been a very narrowed image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Organizations like EOC and Faith in Place creating that space where mm-hmm. it's a broad and actually yeah. a true, the correct definition to me, mm-hmm. um, you get more input. So, yeah, there was a lot yeah. of new faces there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's one thing I really think of it. For me, EOC, like coming from that contractor building background mm-hmm. where you know, not everyone um, or very few people identify as environmentalists yeah. in that space um, getting that perspective of environmentalists that have an impact you know with the things that they do in their own lifestyles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in their in their the work that they do is really amazing for me to see and and really get inspired by that yeah. you know, seeing like the how much that can really have an impact and the things that that EOC members are doing is really cool. Um, yeah. And to also find, you know, people to talk about that and feel like, you know, see that there is um, a space for that. And, uh, you know, that to me too, you know, with my background in building and, and the environment. Because um, I, th- I, I think even within our community of people in the architecture, engineering, construction community, like, don't really realize how much you know, smart design, mm-hmm. you know, just a much more thoughtful, collaborative design mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be more expensive and mm-hmm. can have a huge impact um, early on to to um, to have less of an ener- energy use and water use. You know, and I think that, too, we're just... Um, I think, too, like, and to be able to, like, educate people, that's one thing that I've come to learn in my consulting on lead projects is how much, you know, organizations really believe in in the environment and having an impact on reducing that energy use, but have very little understanding yeah, about yeah. how buildings operate and how they're built. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just a general population that has very little understanding yeah. of that and how much, you know, they may be aligned with that Mm-hmm. Um, with that in philosophy, but don't necessarily understand how to go about right. that, and 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 have an impact on the environment in their in the spaces that they work in and live in and play in, yeah. you know, and um, 
Get them to need the resources, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so being able to kind of connect them to those resources right. and, and connect nonprofits, you know, with those resources. For that low-hanging fruit, that low-to-no-cost no changes, they can have a huge mm-hmm. impact on energy. We've, um, let me see, because I know the other thing that we left with um, at the on-the-table discussion was being more authentic with our partnerships. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I thought about that when you said just for like when you're connecting folks like um, to the resources they need, like connecting yeah. and partnering people that genuinely like understands, you know, everybody's goals and is supportive yeah. of that. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting perspective, like authentic partnerships. Yeah. Like you know. We, we, what do you so think? Do you think it's the smaller organizations of color that need to be more authentic or is it the other organizations? I believe that question is a, I believe that is a rhetorical question. Oh, yes. But, okay, good. Yeah, yeah no, I know with my work with the, the U.S. Green Building Council, like one of the big initiatives that we, I was working on with the, with the Emerging Professionals Group um, was their advanced initiative for more social justice and, and having a greater impact in that one of those things that we came to learn very quickly was how much that first conversation has to be about their values mm-hmm. long before you start talking about you know their energy bills like talking about their values and how much um, how much the environment may be a part of those values yeah. and how much of that is about you know how they're using that space um, and how much you know how we use a space says a lot about you know, what we do and what we believe in and the values that are reflected in mm-hmm. that space, um, you know, and, and, and how we use buildings and and how much it, we could further that mission with the space that we use more efficiently, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to divert some of those resources mm-hmm. that are used for energy into their mission, you know, and, and better use utilize that. But And that's one of those things that um, that we've been working on with, USGC to be more authentic yeah. about that and really be better at connecting to organizations that could really use our resources. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going back to how yeah. few people understand how buildings operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, even like, you know, I'm involved with the um, Building Material Reuse Association and, you know, like they, I mean, I think they just have a, uh, we have a marketing issue in general. I mean, like, you know, nobody really wants to talk about <clears throat> waste, you know. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about materials in that regard. I mean, it's the red-headed stepchild of the environmental field, <laughs> you know, it really is. You know, you look at Sierra Club and Greenpeace and NRDC and ELPC, they're not talking about waste and materials yeah. and their impact on the environment. They're looking at coal and energy efficiency and clean, you know, like, you know, you know uh, clean energy generation, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but... You know, like, so one of the issues that we're looking, one of the things that I'm trying to present to the Building Material Reuse Association, like, to, re- you know, we need to tie into the EJ community in a mm-hmm. much more authentic manner, as opposed to just having some, you know, job training programs where we, you know, train some, you know, people of color in poor, poor communities how to do deconstruction, okay. but don't really give them any other soft skills. Like, how do you, you know, in addition to the that skill. Let's give them some, you know, training. How can we tie them into entrepreneurial skills so they can turn mm, that into a, a yeah. business opportunity? Yeah. You know, when we look at EJ, why aren't we teaming with, you know, the El Vejos of the world and, you know, like other 
organizations like that that are focusing on turning their communities into zero waste communities Mm -hmm. when the greatest amount of waste that's being produced comes from the built environment. So, you know, we we need to reach out to those communities, those organizations, and try and build it out from there. Um, So, but that, you know, it's a hard conversation to have when it's a bunch of, you know, like, um, I mean, I'm the only person of color that's involved, you know, in, in a big, bad way in the organization, you know. And a lot of these people, they don't, they can't relate to the conversation that I'm having, to the things that so, I'm explaining, you know. So the issue, they don't know how to meet community communities where where they at and how to just, like, understand the needs more so than coming in yeah, and I just think, saying this is what you need to do. I think that's the biggest thing. They yeah. don't know how to meet the communities where they are, you know. Yeah, like, and, where um, they are. Yeah, I think where they at. They at. We know you, you know. Georgia. <laughs> so, guys, you eight town stomped into my office. You know, right? <laughs> you know, like, we know what's up. We know what time it, it won't is. Go away. <laughs> you <know>? um, <laughs> but even you know, yeah, I just I, I don't think they can relate sometimes. And so, like when they when we have increased that authenticity, they will have that better understanding. Yeah, you know, I was in um, multiple on the table events yesterday um, on a couple days ago, mm-hmm. or when, you know, like on May tenth when. I don't know when this is going to be posted. <laughs> Please cut all this out. It's like, you know, um, you know, and one thing that really stood out in one of the conversations that kind of offended me was this guy talking about, like, oh, you know, if somebody lives in Inglewood and they have to replace their roof, it's not worth them, re- you know, replacing the roof for $5,000 because it's not going to, you know, improve the property value of their home. And I'm like, it's my goddamn home. Yeah. You know, it's like, my, grandmother, my grandmother lives in Inglewood, so, you know, She's she's raised multiple generations, you know, like we're three generations deep in that home. You know what I mean? Like yeah. why would we just like okay, the roof is leaking, you know, so we have to move out. Well, one, if you understand, if you understand that there's a socioeconomic problem in Inglewood, why wouldn't you, you know, I don't know, recognize that these people, the people that live there, don't mm-hmm. just have a gang of money to just like oh let me sell my home and go mm-hmm. move somewhere else or you know. Like who's going? Who's buying homes in Inglewood mm-hmm. on the big scale? You know, and who's just? I mean, it's you have more than just the tie, like you know, of the house, the building as a house. It's a home, you know. Yeah. So if you have that, you know, better understanding of the community and a, you know, like that authentic relationship with yeah. the community, then you'll understand that. Yeah. No, I'm not just going to leave my house because the values depreciated. It's still my house. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's where I raised my kids. Sometimes operating that mindset, I don't know if that's like business mindset or like there's just no connection to like or compassion. There's the lack of compassion to somebody's life or livelihood. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, I think yeah. there's just a general lack of compassion in general. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just a willing to see that perspective of another of another person and their values that may be different mm-hmm. and that value of that house is different than his value mm-hmm. of that house um, you know and it's mm. a home versus a house and um, and uh, yeah I think there's a lot of just I don't know if it's so much that they're unwilling to or or not knowing how to start, but just being able to see and understand the perspective of another person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like that's just our, that's I don't know. Outside of experience. Like our society, though. Yeah. I mean, I know this probably really drift, like, going off of it, but 
just us being kind of invisible. So, and how they decide, and in the ways they engage with us, that's also how they see us, too, as right. invisible. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking that, because, I mean, it's, like, yeah. on that topic of, like, you know, if people say they're colorblind, and I think sometimes that's really, like, and they don't see color, but they might not see you. Then, you know what I'm saying? That, exactly. Yeah, it goes further exactly. to, like, they might not see you, you might be invisible, like... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know this is not, I don't know. Yeah. I just thought no, about that when he see, when you were saying that. Like, yeah. it's just like, yeah. they just don't see you as a... Yeah, personal color. Yeah. They, they don't, so they see you, since they've developed a relationship with you, they see you differently from other people of color. Mm-hmm. Like I have, You're a person now and not, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I yeah. have um, you know, this uh, young man that I know from college that I... Um, like I mentor and we're in the same fraternity and stuff and you know he's a uh, young black man we have you know like a lot of white dudes in the fraternity and stuff right so you know he um, posted something on Facebook and the guys were like man you put a lot of racist stuff up here and I'm like well wait a second you know it's like you know one black people aren't typically aren't you know we ain't we're not the ones setting the agenda mm-hmm. in the immortal words of um, Tupac I was given this world mm-hmm. I didn't make it mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like you know I didn't make this racist society. Exactly. I'm dealing with it. Yeah. You know, one. But then two, it's like, you know, um, man, you really go out of your way. Somebody made the comment to him where he's like, man, you really go out of your way to find racism. So I was like, slow down. I, you know, I typically don't make comments on Facebook. So I, in this particular case, I had to school this kid. I was like, not my friend, mm-hmm. not my mentee, but like our mutual friend that was going at him. I was like, you know, people like he and I, we don't have to go out and find racism. Mm-hmm. You know, we it comes to get us. Yeah. It looks for it finds us. And it's like, well, you know, if people knew you two, then <laughs> they would they wouldn't treat you in that manner. That is the problem. Exactly. And, that, and so I so uh, you know when he made that comment, he I was like, of that. course, of course. You know, so I had to explain to him. I was like, see, well, one nobody deserves to be treated in a racist manner. So regardless of whether you know them or not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, but I kind of understand, you know, I had to tell him, like, look, I understand the sentiment of what you're saying. You know, you you meant it in a good way. You know, like you were trying to be, you know, understanding and stuff like that. And I, I got you. You were trying to, you know, like, hey, Brian, you're a good guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, you know. But it implies unlike the rest of... Yeah. The people like yeah, you. Exactly. That, that's that's the implied, too. you know, part of that. Do you guys still watch Real World? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Excuse me, I'm, I'm almost forty years old. <laughs> anyway, so the current season is the they have a. There's a current season. Yeah, but I'm bringing it in because this is connected to what you're talking about, right? Please stop talking. So they, <laughs> There's a lady from St. Louis. There's another lady oh. from uh, South Carolina. And the lady from South Carolina is like, you're really not like the black people in South Carolina. I like you. You're, you're not like them. You're not like the rest of the black people. You don't understand how black folks in South Carolina are. And that's exactly what that guy is saying. Like, yeah. you're an exception and I can deal with you. Which is just actually kind of like painful because the problem with that is that Whoever you interact with is not going to be like, oh, you're an exception. They're going to make assumptions before you even get in to know you. And that's exactly. what we're dealing with. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You see the, the real world connection. <laughs> so, what are some of the other environmental organizations that you with? I know you, you, get, you, like, you ride with Slow Roll from time to time. Um, yeah, I ride with Slow Roll. I ride with um, Bronzeville Bikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I ride with yeah, them. Yeah, William. 
Adams in the table. Yeah. Urban Junction. I did also. Urban, um, Urban Junction Foundation. I did Earth Day. I participated in Earth Day at a Otis. No, it was okay. Otis Fresh Farm. It's a new um, garden, community garden. It's on. Is it twenty six in Calumet? Ooh. In Bronzeville. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I know he just moved there. The um, owner of it is Steve. Um, he just moved there, so me and my sister went out there to volunteer on Earth Day, and I'll be going back there. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm... Zion. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no so I feel like those are the organizations, like, I've been... It's, like, it's, it's a community garden, how does he, like... <gasps> excuse me, once mm-hmm. he um, grows the produce, what's he, what's he do? Like, um, I know the setup, because... Yeah, I know there's a... I think Sat Fridays and Saturday. No, it's Friday, Saturday, Sundays, farmers market days there. Um, then Monday, Wednesday he has work days there. Um so yeah, it's a new land he just got, uh, that he's working on it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah he's a good guy. So check it out sometime. Yeah, yeah, I th- told Athena about it. So if we ever wanna yeah. you'll see to get connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. he's interested, you know, <clears throat> I'm familiar with the people at the plant Chicago. Oh. And I know that they're looking for additional vendors for their summer market. You know? um. And even if it's you know, like just one off, you know, where he comes in and does one-offs at the you know as a vendor. Okay. You know so yeah. yeah connect me to him and I'll put him in touch with the people over at the Plant Chicago. It's an amazing organization, the Plant Chicago, forty <laughs> you know forty four uh, fourteen hundred West Forty Sixth Street in the back of the back of the yards neighborhood. Not that I'm you know. <laughs> Not that you're on the board of you know, play Chicago or anything, but you're on the board. How <laughs> many boards you on? You on say a keeper board? You know, many boards? Your business. <laughs> I'm gonna be like you. I gotta be like. I gotta be like Mike. I'm not putting my business. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't try to put my business on the streets like that. My bad. You know, like, but um, yeah. I mean, you know, even with that, you know, it's like all everything connects together. It's yeah. Actually, it's all around waste. You know, I grew up in Calumet region. You know, waste everywhere. Yeah. And it was waste is the original environmental justice issue. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it's an economic development opportunity. So mm-hmm. I work in waste. You know, at the rebuilding exchange, exchange, we work to create waste. You know, take waste materials, turn it into an economic development opportunity. The Southeast Environmental Task Force. We fight against you know pollution. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, waste uh, landfills, incinerators, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, with the um, environmentalists of color and mm-hmm. sacred keepers. You know, we're educating this next generation of young people in the environmental field, you know, so I try and act as a mentor, teacher, what have you, in those capacities, but then, like, as a plant, you know, it's like, the board members probably would hate to hear this, but, like, it's just fun to me, you know, like, I like to, <laughs> you know, like, it, it's, you know, I play there, you know, we're doing research, you know. So when you gonna come on the outdoor afro event? Um, we got meet and greet coming up. At the park. Which ones are you not going to be at? <laughs> I need to interact with a different... I know you can't ride a bike, so let me put that out there. We're going to... Uh, <laughs> so we're, you... We're definitely... Uh, <laughs> you won't be on Instagram. <laughs> we're editing this all. No, <laughs> but when we... I mean, it'd be good for you and the family. You guys come to meet and greet or kayaking. I do like a kayak. I can, I see you doing that. Yeah, like, I, I see, see your doing girls doing do really well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, down the street, I grew up, you know, like down the street from the Cal Sag. Like you know, I lived on 128th and Morgan. Okay, uh, close enough where you know, like you can almost throw a rock and it'll land in the Cal Sag. So yeah, you know, definitely want to do some canoeing and stuff like that. You know, it's like real, real close to the bike launch. I mean, to the um, to the boat, boat launch. launch. Yeah, you know, yeah. 
yeah. all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, bro. Yeah. But you know, even with these, you know, even with the um, boards and stuff that I'm on, it's you know, it's creating opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you know, when I when I get ready to leave these boards, I'm trying to you know find me a replacement. Yeah. In all these places and spaces, like you know, when I step away from the plant, you know. Um, it'd be great to have like a Keelan Blackwell or a Shantanu Pie come in and replace me at those spaces. Mm. Um, when I step away from, you know, when I step away from Sacred Keepers, it'd be mm-hmm. great to have like a Viva Yaboa maybe come in and replace me. <laughs> well, that might not be that great. <laughs> we'll see. We'll figure that you out. You know how I got introduced to waste? I used to work at a. Uh, metal recycling. Really? Yeah, I did internal audit there. Oh, wow. I mean, before I was always like interested in um, recycling. Yeah. Just like, I hate seeing things thrown out like yeah. when I know it can be reused. Yeah. But no, so we used to go to like audit scrapyards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Traveled around like the U.S. doing that. So it was always like interesting, like uh, how materials broken down, and usually they shipped Come it out to. Yeah, they ship it to China or mm-hmm. India. Those yeah. are the main. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like my vision is like we stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. Against, you know, yeah. you know, I got brothers and sisters out in China and in India. You know what I mean? Like you know, I just got you know. But my thing is, why aren't we keeping that stuff yeah. here? You know, it's like Gary could, Gary could recycle. The, I mean, like, I almost cursed, but <laughs> Gary could <laughs> recycle metric boatload of the building material uh, the metals that are um, being produced in the Chicago area I mean in, throughout the country and it would just take you know just some minor modifications to the to the to to the the um, warehouses and infrastructure that they have currently I mean man look at all the um, all the demolition that's getting ready to happen in Gary mm-hmm. all the demolition that's getting that's happening in Detroit like send it to Gary mm-hmm. process it use Chicago as a TOD you know as a cargo center and a transit center to ship that stuff throughout the country, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it ain't that hard. If I figured it out, you know, what really? I mean? <laughs> why can't somebody else figure these things out? Like, why can't we, <laughs> you know, put this stuff in motion and you know, rebuild, you know, like start creating jobs again? I mean, you know, waste is just an opportunity. Well, it's a material. Recycling you know? operations are closing down in my scrapyards. Right, right, because you know. The value of scrap has reduced. Quite yeah, a, has yeah. reduced quite a bit. And then we're, you know, so much of it is being sent over overseas yeah. and stuff like that. So you know, but again, th- and that's why like the reuse is so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of recycling it, mm-hmm. let's figure out ways that we can reuse it because the reuse centers would actually give you a better return on that. You know, like if you donate it to a facility like the Rebuilding Exchange, it's a better investment or a better value to the um to the person that's donating those metals. Yeah, you know. You get a higher value than you would of the scrap value, you know. So just throwing that out there, you know. Okay, that's good knowledge. We'll keep that in. Yeah. That, we'll just, oh, we we'll keep that in, <laughs> not the. Um... So, like, active transit, huh? You like, you know, you're into active transit. <laughs> yeah, we pulling that in too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talking oh, about yeah, you. Were just, you segue with the biking. Yeah. You know, trying to throw people under the bus talking about biking. That's just an ugly rumor. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm almost 40 years old. How are you trying to cover yourself? You ain't trying to cover me. You know, I'm, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't learn to bike until I was living you know, in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. I was 30. Juanita, you had to bike out there too, right? Or, well, how was it? Juanita, when you say I'll be honest, that implies that I'm not being honest. <laughs> Is that, or that I wasn't yeah. honest before. Or you're not, she's saying I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm not That's ashamed. I'm like Larry Mill, Wilmore in here. I'm keeping it 100. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I learned to bike at 30 then. That's all good. We're not talking about me anyway. We're talking about Viva Yoga. <laughs> what I'm saying is... Um, so what? No, I wrapped up an internship there. Oh. Yeah, at an active trans. It was advocacy internship. 
Um, I mean, I became more interested in advocacy work, like, through Outdoor Afro. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of, like, the work that we do. Um, so I, I, I wanted to understand it from a different perspective. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I like biking. I mean, I mm-hmm. definitely need to do it more. I'm not a commuter biker, just because yeah. I'm still getting comfortable. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, well, yeah. Especially after having that infrastructure like the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, you see, like, <laughs> I think very it's tough here, just because it's a very car-centric city. I've got it. And it's like, I know I have to watch my back when I'm walking, like, I gotta steer drivers down when I'm crossing, because mm-hmm. you just know they're not paying attention. No, because they're, they're on the phone. Not. Yeah, I hope you're not, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, if I'm on the road, please believe. Really? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I um, did the internship there. Yeah, how'd yeah. you like it? It was really, it was a good experience. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. What kind it. of work did you do? Um, so I focused on, like, writing a couple blogs um, mm-hmm. there. I uh, did the update on the Inglewood line the trail oh, that's coming yeah. out there what's it called this week i've heard like i know it keeps switching no it should be the inglewood trail now yeah nature trail um mm-hmm. nature trail line i believe um yeah because it, it has switched up i yeah. did one on that did one on the um slow roll event for mlk that was in january so i wrote up about that <laughs> i heard that that was uh somebody tried to pick at that event <laughs> Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. What is her name? I, everybody <laughs> knows her, though. It's not name names. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. What was the motivation of... Um, just issues with Big Marsh. Um, I can't. I don't... Yeah, just issues with, like, the direction... Some people that, not, uh, aren't happy unless they're angry, and I'm not a yeah. big fan of the Big Marsh bike park, but, you know, I'm not gonna... I'm not a... You know, like, one, I'm not white, but, like, if I were a white person, <laughs> I would not go to Pickett a peace ride run by a um, person that's, you know, done by, kicked off by a person of color. Yeah. Or Martin Luther King's... uh, Yeah. That looks really bad. You just put it all that perspective. Like, she, that person does not care. Put on the hood. You know what I mean? Not on a hood, though. Was it a group or just a person? Oh, it was a person. Yeah. 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 Then I did a, um, the recent blog was on a Major Taylor um, Ooh, trail. I love yeah. Major Taylor. Yeah. I live right down the way from the Major Taylor. So, you know, like my, my active transit is that I walk and run. I run and, you know, I jog in the mornings along the Major Taylor, you know, and, um, you know, like I'm glad to see it finally getting some love from the city, you know. And yeah, it needs some, it. Finally put some lights out on that bad boy. So, it didn't have lights? No. Okay. It, made, like, it had a couple street lights on it, you know, mm-hmm. they put, like actual. LED light, it, you know, like intentionally, mm-hmm. intentionally lighting it as I got opposed you. to like, you know, a couple lights that were, you know, in the streets adjacent to it and they just happened to yeah. cast enough light where you could see. You know, well, the thing is, because it's going to be connected to the, is it the CalSAG trail? Yeah. So I feel like they know they need to yeah. improve that trail. Because yeah, it feeds into um, Whistler Woods. Yeah. It connects Whistler, um, Dan Ryan Woods to Whistler. Right. You know. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, but then also like Major Taylor, you know, like you know, the, it's nice to see him getting a little love. Mm-hmm, you, know, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, Peter Definitely. Taylor and the uh, Major Taylor Bike Club. Yeah, yeah. Know, have been stewards, um, volunteer stewards out there for a really long time. Yeah. You know, so yeah, they've been doing some great them. work. Yeah, yeah, it's really good to see them. You know, see that area getting some right. You know, 
um, attention and some love and you know some redevelopment and all that good stuff you know so, yeah. yeah yeah I interviewed him for that cool. for the article yeah yeah, it was cool talking with him or speaking with him. Yeah. So, so. You know, but no, I, I had no connections to the major table. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you, you know. Again, just these lights. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, all my life I've been around the major table. Like, from like third grade, you know. It's how somebody says, all my life I think about color purple. <laughs> yeah, all my life I had to fight this out. <laughs> so, yeah. The other question. Uh, so, would you, you know, so you had a pretty good experience with um, the active trends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, where can we find some of those blogs that you put together? Like, what, um, if you go to active trends website, active trans yeah. uh, dot org. So look at you. So you have, so hold on a second. You're an accountant. You're, yeah, social you're an outdoor media. enthusiast. You know, right. copywriter. Yeah, you're a writer. You're a Renaissance woman. I guess so. I don't. Y'all so, can say that. Yeah. Um, so we, we found like you know we were talking about these. We always find the disabling piece <laughs> to connect every. Episode yes. Because you know again disable. Oh man, I I gotta put this out there. Like I did a um an environmental. I'm not, I'm not gonna say the university because I you know like a, a, a <clears throat> college. Or university or whatever it was, but I did a speaking engagement at a, a you know a college and or university recently, and um, I talked about uh, I mentioned Dusable and like the folks did not know who he was, so like, people from Chicago did not know who yeah. he was. Like you know, the handful of black kids in the room knew who Dusable mm-hmm. was, but like these are college students mm-hmm. didn't know who Dusable was. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so hey, why haven't I heard of him? Because like that's the point. That's yeah. the problem. Like, yeah, you know. In this society, man, like disable is just so overlooked, and he's so important. Yeah. You know? yeah. But going back to what you were saying with the Buffalo Soldiers, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and their um, importance to the national park system, service mm-hmm. not being recognized, in right? Knowledge, you know, yeah. that's a disable thing too. Is that you know, like outdoor Africa going going back to our roots mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm. conservation and stewardship, and, exactly. You know, planting plant a stake in taking back what's ours. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. We've been a part of nature for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, we really need to, you know, we, and we need to own that. We yeah. We need to be proud of it. We know, definitely be proud of it. You know. um, but with all that being said, I did say that there is, you know, like, you know, <clears throat> the active transit, you know, like, people are talking about, like, you know, um, active transit is an, is an alternative to, um, to using, you know, to using buses and stuff like that, you know. You see, like, for years, people of color were walking to work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, in Brownsville, that, like, my grandmother always tells me about having growing up in Brownsville as a kid and going into her teenage years, like, they walked to work. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, like, there's a part of the civil rights movement, you know? Mm-hmm. Active yes. transit was a big part of the civil rights movement. You think about the bus boycott mm-hmm. and how long that lasted. It was over a year, if I remember properly, right? It's like, it was either three, it was... I'm trying to think of the exact date. I should have Googled it. But, I mean, the exact day, number of days that that, bu- that bu- bus boycott yeah. lasted. But, you know, we had to use active transit mm-hmm. as a way of getting around, getting around the system. Mm-hmm. So people would walk, jog, bike 10, 12, 15 miles to work sometimes, yep. you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's something that we've had connections to and ties to for a really long time. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, now it's just kind of seen as like a cool thing to do. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, yeah. In terms of biking or like in all aspects? I think in all aspects. Mm-hmm. I think in all aspects, mm-hmm. you know. 
I mean, it's something that we've been doing for, I mean, it's, you know, we weren't looking at it. In that yeah, way. yeah. Just, like, doing what we had to do. Yeah. You know, just, like, with recycling and reuse. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. People of color had been doing that for a really long time. Urban agriculture, we had been doing that for yeah. a really long time, but we had not been using these monikers, mm-hmm. you know, but now we, you know, like, Oren Williams, you know, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. keep mentioning him, and, you know, he's one, I mean, like, you know, he's been doing urban agriculture and urban agriculture for a really, really, really long time. And he doesn't, you know, he's not really acknowledged as one of the forerunners of urban ag in the Chicago, in the Chicago area, except for, you know, people that know. Mm-hmm. And, you know he's not out there, you know, trumpeting, patting himself on the back yeah, or anything like yeah. that. But, you know, he learned how to play. I mean, I'm sure, you know, his, you know, he probably saw his mother or his grandmother or whomever planting in the backyard and mm-hmm. just learn from there. You know, it's just the stuff that we did yeah. and we had to do, you know. Yeah. It's like now all of a sudden you can, you know, it's per, there are permits being issued to have chickens in the city, but, you know, like you go over to, <laughs> you go over to, to market, near Market Park and for years there's been, you know, chickens all over the place. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so that's under disabling though. Because yeah, yeah. Columbusizing, yeah. all of that. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 So we're disabling and we're taking it back. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, because I know there was a couple articles I saw recently with discussing biking and how majority of the majority of folks that bike Mm -hmm. was it in Chicago or you're talking about the U.S. in general are people of color. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is folks. It's our mode of transportation. It's not like we're trying to be like cool with it, but like we need a bike. Yeah, Um, look at Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah. But the image you automatically get with biking, though, is not us, though. No, it's the hipster with yeah. the Yeah, or it's like the guy with the Spanx on. You know, the person with the Spanx on. I'm serious, you get those, too. Right. So and that's, the, that's also the issue that a lot right. of times how things are marketed is not, we're not included. Because they feel like they have to make it cool or a certain type of image, whatever audience they're trying to appeal to. But, um, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we, I mean, I think, I think we're getting to the um to the end of the podcast. So you yeah. know, I'm gonna ask you, um, Viva, what you got? You know, what's coming down the pipe for you? You know, like what's the next step for for Miss Yabola? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. What's you know, what's what's some of the events you got coming up? Um, like Alvador after? Okay, you know, we have an event. <laughs> well, it's not just yeah. me though. It's yeah. it's four leaders within Chicago and Northwest Indiana. So it's uh, me, Valerie, um, Valerie Monroe, Chris Robinson, and Yolanda. But yeah, yeah, that's us for the Chicago Network. So oh, wow. yeah, 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 cool. yeah. All right. So done with the um, active trans. Um, yeah. You know, so are you looking? Um, like what's next after that? Yeah, um, you know, like going back to school, or what do you, you know, like. Wow, know, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, no, like I'm definitely um, looking at going back to school in the future. Um, just working on different projects. Like I, I, I didn't mention it early, but the literary group I have with my yeah. sister. Yeah. So um, it's called Chicago Reading Africa. Uh, we started it in December 2012. Um, we read books written by African writers or from writers from the diaspora. Um, We support art within the Chicago scene that's related to that, too. Um, And we also have a film screening series, too. So 
Uh, our next discussion for that, for our book, um, is on the 21st of May. Um, should I say the title? Oh, yeah. Oh, because the title's called Black, it's Black Ass. That's the name of the book. <laughs> It's the title. Okay. <laughs> so the, the book that we're reading is called Black Ass. Um, that's the May discussion. And then June, we have our film screening, which is at the Comfort Station in Logan Square. So, yeah, that's what I, I work on outside of Outdoor Afro and just, you know, accounting projects and leading workshops. So, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, well. Juanita, do you have anything else you want to add? Or? No, I think uh, I think that's it for now. It was great talking to you. Yeah. I've been, it's a pleasure to get to know you a little better after and having run in the same circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Um. Oh, could I put out my info? Yeah, yeah, please do. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I will also I will also add some links in the, oh, will in you? the blog. Okay. And so... You'll have an opportunity to do that too. Okay. Um, well, I also have folks to join. Um, look for us on meetup.com, Outdoor Afro Chicago, and on Facebook, um, Outdoor Afro Chicago, on the Facebook group, um, just to stay updated. Because outside of the two main activities I mentioned, we're going to have like plenty of hikes, um, a summer meet and greet uh, coming up, some kayaking and canoeing activities. So Yeah, imagine the you. You guys get really active over the yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely do. We do. So. Do you guys do a lot of stuff over the winter? We do. We had like snowshoeing, ice um, skating, um, winter walks. So we keep active in the wintertime, too. Yeah. Yeah, we're gearing up to even have, because one of our partners who's REI, um, just some gear talk, like I'm preparing for winter activities. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things we try and cover too, is just like also how to prepare to be in the outdoors. Um Yeah, yeah, how to get ready. So you feel comfortable engaging in nature, whichever way. So Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Awesome. Well thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I guess that concludes our fourth episode of Sheets of Green. <laughs>